0: You're listening to Reflections Over Coffee, a place for genuine vibes and personal transformation. Grab your favorite cup of coffee and join us. Hello, this is Heva Khairi and welcome to today's episode of Reflections Over Coffee. Hope you would find this episode enjoyable and fruitful. Today I have two wonderful guests with me. I have Iman from Egypt who's joining us today from Dubai. It's great to have you, Iman. Hi, Habak. I'm back. Great to be on your show. <laughs> and Charles from England and is joining us from London today. Hi Charles.
1: Hi Heber. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Iman.
0: Good afternoon. It's great to have you too, Charles. And um, today I have my favorite vanilla cappuccino. It smells like wonderful. So, so guys, which coffee blends do you have for today?
2: I have uh, an espresso with a little bit of uh, soy milk.
0: Love
1: well, you. I have a lovely cup of cold water.
0: Okay. <laughs> time to get your coffee our topic for today is called how i feel so to start i'll start with a story today my story is from my own life actually um so when i was a three years old girl um uh, my aunt her name was selwa uh, may her soul rest in peace she used to work abroad and she bought me this wonderful birthday gift it was um a colorful umbrella with a very nice um, beautiful plastic fabric and it's all you know baby pink and baby yellow and baby blue all the baby colors <laughs> so and then um, i was extremely excited about it because it was my first umbrella and uh I was just eagerly waiting for the day which will rain so that I can take my umbrella with me, you know, to the nursery. And here uh, comes the day and it was raining and I decided to take my umbrella to the nursery. So I put it with my bag at the classroom side where it was allocated for that where we place all our bags and our, you know, stuff and then spent the day normally. By the end of the day, I went to pick up my bag and the umbrella disappeared. Oh, ouchy! So, yeah, of course, I kept on crying and I kept on asking people and, you know, searching for it. And I couldn't find it. So you can imagine how tragic it was. So the next day, there was a girl. Her name was Salma. And I still remember her face, her hair bangs and, you know, their round pair of glasses. And she came to me holding my umbrella and she said, it was raining. So I took it and my sister played with it and broke it so i fixed it so and she handed me the broken umbrella oh. and there was this moment of silence and complete shock there were so many thoughts in my mind at this point she took my umbrella without my permission her sister played with it she broke it and on top of that she's not sorry at all so this girl kind of broke every rule i learned at home at this point so. <laughs> <laughs> and I just took it without saying a single word. And at this point, I've learned so many lessons, um, one of which was that different households have different rules and that not everyone is brought up the same way, you know. Um, But the lesson that's related to today's topic is that uh, at this point, I was the so-called good girl and polite girl, you name it. I didn't feel comfortable expressing my feelings of frustration or disappointment or anger or anything. I just, I was just silent. And I used to be the kind of girl who used to, didn't like problems and I hated conflict. And so I, when things like that happened to me, I just, you know, I just feel shocked and that's it. Yeah. So... Um, Growing up, I've recognized that I generally don't verbally express my feelings. Like if I love someone, I express that through actions rather than words somehow, even like the positive feelings or the negative ones, because I don't I hate fights and I hate no problems. So. So, yeah, um, of course, through the years, I've evolved and worked on myself and and I think the turning point was studying coaching um, when I was 24. That was like 10 years back. And I think this is when I learned that the value of acknowledging your feelings, your own feelings and acknowledging other people's feelings. And also the idea of embracing those painful emotions and being comfortable with expressing them. And that was the point that I learned that doing that is what makes us human and it's okay and it's only natural and healthy. Uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of my story. <laughs> so my, fr- my first question for you guys for today. So we can start with Iman. Ladies first, Charles, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have no problems with that.
0: <laughs> All right. So Iman, what does being vulnerable or expressing your feelings mean to you and how important do you believe it is?
2: I do believe that expressing your feelings is important, not just for yourself, but I think for the relationship that you care about. Because oh. let's say that you've been upset about something and then you never express it. And then one thing is accumulating on top of the other. And eventually Mm. what happens is that you explode at somebody while being upset a little bit about something and then expressing about it can teach the other person a lesson about you. And Mm. then you avoid those conflicts even more in the, in the future. And, Mm. um, same happens with just expressing when you're happy, when you're definitely when you're happy, there's nothing that can stop you from telling that you're happy, that you're grateful, that you're thankful for something. But as well as it, it is to, to express when you're upset or when you're angry, it is important mm-hmm. to, to even though it might not for me, even for myself, when when I have a situation and I'm not even that angry, but mm-hmm. I try to make a point that this is not okay. So that in mm. the future, we don't have to, you know, it's not like a trap to somebody. Because if you don't express, they're confused. They don't know what upsets you, what's comforting, what's not. So mm. I do believe it's, it's important to express, even if it's not really how you feel to a big extent, but kind of guidance on how you are as a person and what upsets you and what doesn't. So how about you, Charles?
1: You know, ladies, it's very interesting because in the modern world, we tend to even hire people based on how they uh, solve problems. So um, I remember a few years ago, I took one of these psychological tests. And in this particular psychological test, it would throw different questions at you. How do you feel when you're angry? How do you feel when you're sad, Etc. Etc. And so uh, in this particular index, he found four character types, um, those who were very dominant and solved all problems by if someone did something bad to them, they would be the first person to do something really bad to them as well. But also he found people on the other side of the spectrum who were known as stabilizers. Essentially those people who, like yourself, Heather, as mentioned, you don't like conflict. You don't like the an environment that is very tense. And funny enough, I fell into that category as well, but I knew myself and I knew I was one of those people who you could do something and naturally I'll just be silent. But it's one of those things that even though you're silent, you're still reflecting on what has just happened. But once the coordinator or the uh, facilitator of the actual psychological test were working with everyone in the team I was in that day. He, made, he said something which was really interesting, which was, for all those here who are on this index who are dominant influencers, etc., etc., don't think the people who are the S-types, who are the stabilizers, that if you keep pushing them to the wall, that one day they won't bounce back. So vulnerability, yes, indeed. It's one of those where comparing to yourself, mine, and for example, Iman, Whatever situation we find ourselves, we will act differently. So that's one key point I could throw in there.
0: I think most people, they they try to avoid confrontation and conflict and expressing negative emotions, as they call it, uh, mm. for the sake of avoiding conflict. But as said, Iman said, the thing is, it creates more conflict inside of them. So it could have been much easier to express the emotion on the spot and say what you want to say and be okay with that rather than piling up and then after years maybe you know damaging your relationship or yeah. you know a career or something because of that kind of you know stress that you hold in your heart you know um,
1: yes
2: i think we become more expressive and vulnerable when we feel that the person we're talking to is more accepting and less judgmental. And that's mm-hmm. what basically scares us from expressing at the end of the day.
0: That's a very good point because it's leading us to the next question, actually, which is the boundaries to vulnerability. And you actually said that the first one, which is the fear of judgment. Yeah. So what other boundaries, Iman, do you think um, are there? So probably
2: the fear, yes, of being judged. Um, Mm. Sometimes it's the conflict itself that we fear because we think it might affect our relationships. Um, Mm. We think that it it might end some or disturb the waters of some. Yeah, I think those are the main ones for me at least.
1: I think it's pretty much primary socialization. So you mentioned earlier how you're brought up. When your umbrella went missing, you said, I didn't think... surely everyone was brought up in the same way to be nice to all people and and not take people's things without permission it's pretty much culture and how you've been brought up
0: wow that's that's very interesting because you know i think where i come from generally that conflict sometimes was linked to misbehaving somehow Ah. (laughs) all the nice girls that i knew in class were like that (laughs) (laughs) and the other thing Uh, I come from a family where we really love each other but we might not be the family where we say I love you every day and every morning and you know
1: Mm. we don't
0: verbally express our love uh, all the time but express it in other ways like you know caring about the other person or doing something for them or um, so yeah so that's I think that's a that's a very good point because some people, when they are raised up in families, where expressing your feelings is something natural and easy, and that's what you do every day. Mm. It kind of comes you know, naturally to you. But if, you're not use- if they're not used to expressing your feelings through words, um, it might become a bit challenging. It's like a barrier to you somehow. Yeah. And I think the also-, also the idea of, um, of self-judgment, You know, not just um, we fear judgment from other people and rejection and conflict, but we also fear our own judgment Mm -hmm. (laughs) to ourselves. Uh, You know, like, for example, uh, if you express your feelings to someone and you've been turned down, or if you try to be nice and then the other person responded in a way that was rude or whatever, sometimes we tend to judge ourselves afterwards. Why? Why? I open up to this person. This person doesn't deserve that honesty, you know? Mm. And, and that's where we sometimes, um, it's kind of also linked to the idea of feeling some sort of, um, as Brene Brown called it. Uh, you know Brene Brown?
1: No, I never um, heard of her.
0: All right. She's, she's a researcher, she's a social work researcher, and she had that TED talk, very famous TED talk. It's called um, The Power of Vulnerability. Uh, so, she was saying that uh, a lot of people don't, they're not vulnerable or don't express their feelings because of the idea of shame. Uh, and she said that shame is something that everybody experiences. And, and it, it, shame comes from the idea that there is something about me that if other people knew, I wouldn't be worthy of connection. So people tend to be more conservative about how they feel or what's in their heart in order to not expose themselves, in other words.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, hmm. Everybody has I'm not good enough in, a, in some area of their lives. You know, I'm not tall enough or beautiful enough or successful enough or whatever. So, um, and that's what keeps people quite conservative sometimes. Um, and another thing is that I think you guys might relate to that. That with the social media and, you know, this new trendy life, <laughs> that... The ordinary life um, became not cool enough. (laughs) So, so like, people link living an ordinary life with living a meaningless life. Um, So, I think the idea that people want to show a certain image or they want to, you know, people to perceive them in a certain way, I think that put a lot of pressure on self expression and being real and being yourself and being vulnerable.
2: Yeah, I, so, I really yeah. think that those who have those profiles that are famous or keep uh, or keep followers or they have their own yeah. image online, I think they're the most who need the, that vulnerability because those who live the ordinary life, those who enjoy it and appreciate it, and I, I think they're those who are gifted in the first place, not the contrary. Because mm-hmm. you can actually being an ordinary person in your ordinary life you can be expressive you can have real relationships however when you have an image that you need to keep all the time being famous being even just social media famous or something being that idol between your friends be it in in i don't know sports or or social media or you know people who just um are social media fashionistas those are those who actually need to keep an image and they don't have those opportunities to be vulnerable and have real connections sometimes.
1: Thank you. Really, brought Really interesting point, Iman. Um, obviously, in the West, you find quite a few uh, reality TV stars, they call it here. Um, there was a case of a reality TV show that took place last year, but one of the participants committed suicide because of the pressures to be uh, something he was not. and You find this happening so much, and it's some of the issues that have uh, metamorphosized from uh, a social media appearance, as opposed to living a normal life, which usually might look like it's boring, but it's actually much better than a fake online way of living. Mm.
2: I honestly think that it's really easy to have followers. You just need to follow certain steps, have amazing pictures, and eventually become famous and you have lots of of followers. But it actually takes time and effort to build real relationships.
0: You know, I think it also depends on your intention. And that's, you know, something that people who work on social media might need to to work on because, you know... um, your intention why are you creating that social media business or something is it really to add value definitely or 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 not or is it just about people's approval and um, I think this is where everybody needs to work on themselves in in your life if you live in a community where people's opinions are very important and um, you feel that their approval you know affects your feeling of self-worth or something uh, that might be something that you personally need to work on, you know, as a as human being. Sometimes we don't want to be vulnerable. There are certain moments that we're not ready for, for vulnerability or we don't want to be vulnerable. So what are some of the defense mechanisms that you guys use?
1: If I don't want to be vulnerable, I want to just talk about the issue. I think that's a typical male way of dealing with things. <laughs> as a man... The way I deal with it, I say nothing. Yeah.
0: What if someone asks you about it? What do you do? How do you run away from it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think then it comes to, do I trust this person enough to speak to them?
0: I All right. That's yeah, that's I'm a very to. good point. Yeah. So what makes you trust the person to just open up? Well,
1: I think more than anything else, you mentioned something in terms of their intentions. You tend to have a very small, select friendship group. Um, I know a lot of people, but I tend to have a very small friendship group. And over the years, I think you get to learn to trust people based on how they solve problems or solve issues they experience. And so you then feel, hold on, I can actually talk to this person and not be judged or not feel that I need to pretend about how I'm really feeling about an issue. And I think that's usually the way. That's how I would handle it.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Great. So Iman, what do you do? What's your defense mechanism?
2: I think I make fun of it a little bit. Okay. That's yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> typical
0: Egyptian yeah. way, yeah? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, to be honest, yes. I think uh, the easiest way is just to look at the funny part of it and and,
0: and just try to ease
2: it a little bit.
0: I think my, my defense mechanism was sometimes denial.
1: <laughs>
2: ah.
0: It didn't work for me at all, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. The thing is that um, I passed through a phase in my life where I've been very stressed out. It was so draining. At a certain point, I felt like I'm not, I don't want to feel anything. So <laughs> I'm kind of, I started numbing my feelings, I can say. Uh, but um, I think that one of the things that Brene Brown said, that we numb our feelings by denying our feelings or getting addicted to stuff like food or spending money or social media problem is with numbing your feelings that you don't just numb the negative ones you don't just numb the frustration and stuff you numb the joy and you numb the aliveness and you numb all the good stuff uh, because you don't want to be affected by whatever is happening in your life so so yeah so it this defense mechanism didn't work it's
2: <laughs> i completely agree
0: <laughs> the good thing about it is like uh, what i knew was the answer was it was acceptance it's actually accepting mm-hmm. that life is not left. and feeling those emotions is is actually good for me on the long run um so that maybe I can learn how to you know deal with them or learn from the experience and not create it again whatever there was this uh, proverb in Egypt it says if you got burned by soup you blow on yogurt yeah you know that, you <laughs> or <right>? ice cream We <laughs> <you> say sometimes <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Charles, do you understand what it means? No,
1: enlighten enlighten me, please.
0: (laughs) All right. I think, yeah, the thing is when you get, when you experience like very, very uh, painful emotions sometimes or a painful experience, you sometimes try to protect yourself. Uh, For example, you got burnt by soup. Soup is hot, but yogurt is not hot. Mm. But you kind of don't see the new experiences in your life uh, with you know fresh eyes you see them with the lens of the past sometimes you know if you haven't accepted them so you keep on trying to protect yourself from breaking your heart or protect yourself from this or protect yourself from that but maybe right now the situation is different maybe the person is different the job is different the the conditions are different so so sometimes a lot of People do that as a defense mechanism. They try to protect themselves. But the thing is that they're kind of depriving themselves from actually enjoying the new experiences of life. What do you guys believe enables us to be vulnerable? Actually, I
1: think it's one of those things to feel you can take a step in the dark. So uh, there's an expression here as well. I think it was uh, Martin Luther King. That's right. Um, he just to paraphrase him really quickly it was a case of uh, the person who doesn't go anywhere is that person who would not take the next step so if you take away that if in yourself you know oh my goodness I'm so scared I don't know what to do I'm vulnerable but actually face the fear head on or the vulnerability by just doing something opposite to what you do I think that might be a way of uh, being able to handle that
2: i think the whole process of understanding that this is life and it's going to be good sometimes and bad sometimes like i remember that one of the egyptian journalists he he had a notebook where he used to write every day something about what happened during the day and everything and then he notices something at the end when he finishes one year or so that every time he writes that he had a terrible day and that something bad happens and he doesn't know what he's going to do, eventually, a few pages later, it's solved. And then whenever he sees another problem, a few pages later, and it's solved again. So eventually, nothing lasts forever. I think accepting that, Mm -hmm. that life is going to be ups and downs. And no matter how bad you feel right now, you know that in a year, it's not going to matter. So... I think that would help you just balance out whenever you need to express, do it with the person you trust. And if you feel like you're doing it too much, too often, hold it back a little bit. I think it's just the balance. That's what I try to do personally.
0: That's great. You know, and I think by also opening ourselves up and being in an authentic state is, I think that that's the phase or where we can have or create real connection um, and real relationships. Um, because when you are yourself, when people see you as, see your truth, um, the people who truly, you know, click with you or who would kind of be, you know, the best match for you, whether for friends or whatever, um, they will kind of be drawn to you when you are in that authentic state, I believe. can we embrace vulnerability how can we be generally comfortable with the idea
1: going back to iman's point about the profe- the uh, egyptian broadcaster who writes a problem and says today was terrible two days later he's found a solution to that problem yeah there is i can guarantee you he had to interact with a lot of people to solve that one problem that was on his mind
0: also when he's passing through a bad day he should also believe that it's going to work out later you know yeah i think i think that that's something that's it's a very good thought because when you're inside you know (laughs) the challenge (laughs) you feel like oh my god how can i get out
1: (laughs) which is true which is true i think most times as well just as we have the uh sun will come out at a certain time the moon will come out as well so one way or the other things will pass and things will get better
2: i have a question for you guys what about those who actually are like you said numb they're in that state of denial or or just avoiding confrontation with their feelings sometimes or not even aware that they're upset sometimes they're just sometimes upset or angry but they don't even know why they're not self-aware of what's upsetting them and accordingly they don't express how can you help those be vulnerable and express
1: wow Mm. That's a golden question.
2: That is a golden
1: question. (laughs) Usually it takes a very good friend or family member who understands that person to pull them out. From my experience, when I dealt with one of my friends who was going through a particular issue, was the typical person who was in denial. When I showed her two uh, examples of her behavior, she recognized very quickly uh, what I was saying to her was true
0: you must have had a lot of credit, you know, (laughs) for her to accept that. And I think it depends on also the way you're saying it. Um, uh, Because sometimes facing um, our unpleasant traits or whatever is bringing us suffering, sometimes uh, it's quite hard. And it involves a high level of self-forgiveness and and self-reassurance. And not everybody has that. And I think People who seek perfection in their lives um, generally have a hard time forgiving themselves for their mistakes in general Mm. or, you know, admitting that, you know, what they're doing is causing them harm in some way. Very true. Uh, So so it uh, it takes someone who's very gentle and very understanding and reassuring to do that job, I guess. So, what's one thing you guys are taking away from today?
2: Uh, for me, it's again a reminder, because I'm, I'm the kind of person who would not usually express, because sometimes I feel like maybe my opinion is not that important to express, or and, and so on. So I think this is a reminder that if you feel like expressing, do it.
1: I think what I take away from this is those, to keep those strong friendships, people who you believe will always tell you the truth do not be scared to experience new things and even if you fail it doesn't matter it's just one thing that will just get you better i will take away the uh, iman's uh, example of the uh, uh, egyptian broadcaster i think that is a great way to tell others who are experiencing certain things that there's always light at, at the end of the tunnel
0: one of the things I've recognized that the idea of unconditional love um, mm. helps, helps a lot with, um, with expressing your feelings. When you love yourself unconditionally um, and when you don't um, relate to yourself, for it, to achieving certain things or having a certain um, image in front of people, whatever, this is when you would accept all your feelings and all your experiences and also be able to do the same thing for other people um to, to embrace them at their their downtimes and at the time where they need someone to accept them and to understand them um i think yeah i think that's what i'm taking away so well. brilliant perfect All right guys thank you so much for being here it has been a great pleasure thank you heba Th- thank you Thanks, and charles. charles it was a pleasure thank you i loved having you guys and thank you for your insights and wisdom. Have a wonderful day.
1: Cheers, you too.
0: When Brene Brown was giving her TED Talk on the power of vulnerability, she gave some tips in embracing the beauty of vulnerability. We need to let ourselves be seen, deeply seen, vulnerably seen love with our whole heart, even though there are no guarantees, to practice gratitude and joy in those moments of hardship, to believe that we're enough, and to honor what's ordinary in our lives, as that is what's truly extraordinary. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and until next time...